Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price-dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Yes, welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Theory, a member of the DLF family of podcasts. I'm John Bauer. You already know I'm joined by Dan LaMagna. What's up, Dan? Oh, man, great to be back here. It's, uh, you know, the NFL season, you know, after the Super Bowl kind of concluded, I uh, kind of came up for air a little bit and then started uh, doing a little XFL study in JB, but then now starting to finally watch some uh, film uh, for getting ready for our rookie class coming out. And, you know, now that all the head coaching vacancies are filled, I've, you know, getting ready to redo the dysfunction rankings to see, you know, how these organizations are shaping up. So a lot to talk about. And I love tonight's topic for uh, our episode here, buddy. Yeah, it's a good one. And and we touched on quarterbacks about a month ago. Uh, we talked really heavily about Tua Tungvaloa, Kyler Murray, Justin Fields heading into the offseason. What were we looking to do with those high value quarterbacks in our super flex or two quarterback leagues? And tonight we're going to shift the focus a little bit. Still on quarterbacks. And I know everybody's favorite topic this time of year is rookies. So we're going to touch on the the kind of first round draft order, how that's laid out right now, today. I'm sure we're going to see some major trades to shake things up, I hope, especially on draft night. Uh, so we'll, we'll touch on some of the rookies tonight, but also what we're looking to do and how the uh, the quarterback landscape is going to change and how it's going to play into our dynasty rankings and impact our dynasty team. So we're going to get into all that tonight. As you can see, Mitch is not joining us tonight. Uh, he's got some family stuff going on, uh, but he will be back next week. And I think Mitch and I will be doing at least one episode of the Pivot Point this weekend. Possibly two. Possibly two. We didn't do an episode this this last weekend, uh, but we'll see what, what we can do here. All right, Dan. Here we go. I task you. I said, all right, let's talk about some of these names that are obviously hot button topics right now. And then some guys that meh, we'll discuss them because there still could be an impact there. But the, the names just to throw them off here at, at the top of the show, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, Geno Smith, Jimmy Garoppolo. And then we have those low end impending free agents, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Mike White, Tyler Huntley, Gardner Minshew, Kobe Brissett, Andy Dalton, Taylor Heineke, and I believe Drew Locke is a free agent too. Lock and load, <laughs> baby, lock and load. But, you know, like I said, we talked about those quarterbacks with the injury concerns and are they going to be traded in Justin Fields? Or are they not? So tonight I want to talk about where do you think some of these names end up and what are the dynasty implications based on that? So let's start off. Uh, we're going to go out of order a little bit because I think this is the, the hottest name right now in will, will they, won't they, but Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens, they have a decision to make and they have not come to terms with Lamar Jackson up to this point. And I know at certain points throughout the season, Lamar will come out and say, I'm focusing on the season. I'll negotiate after, and he doesn't have an agent. 
So maybe that comes into play a little bit. But Lamar Jackson, what are your thoughts? Where does he end up? What's the dynasty impact? Yeah, JB, every name you put in the notes, whether they were big names or as you went to that lower tier, have significance. Because we know where Carr ends up. Oh, boy. Here comes a Hall of Fame talk we saw today. If you're listening on the podcast feed, Nate in the chat just jumped in. We know where Carr ends up in the Hall of Fame wearing a Jets cap. That, that's interesting <laughs> because we, we saw that that tweet out there from uh, Diana is it Rossini. Is that her last name? Mm-hmm. From ESPN? Yeah, anyway. You got all right. right. So, Dan, sorry. No, it's good. And, and hey, cars. We're we're gonna get to Derek Carr there, and Jets were definitely one of the teams I was I was thinking. But whether you're looking at those big names or the small names, and the homework you gave me, JB, it's a game of math. And you know, math wasn't one of my better subjects, John. So may, maybe you could carry the math tonight, or or someone in the chat. That's why thought, you don't like analytics. It, it could be why I'm the film guy. Math was not my favorite topic, but I figured there's eight teams I thought really had a quarterback need. You know, then there's like a little bit of maybe list. The Cardinals might need a temporary starter while, while they're holding Murray. Lamar, who you started with, is one of those names that could very easily come off this list. You know, Ravens might just give him the contract, resign him, and then nothing changes in Baltimore. But then there's that little part that's creeping up that says, hey, you know, this has been a fiscally responsible organization over time. Is there a shocking trade in the pipeline? If some team wanted to, you know, offer them the farm, they, they might just listen. Uh, so he's one of two quarterbacks that I could easily see, uh, you know, something, a big shakeup that would shock the fantasy world. But if I am putting my money on it today, I, I would say the Ravens probably do resign him and, and figure this thing out. I, I have to disagree. I don't think they come to terms with Lamar Jackson. I think they may end up trying to franchise tag him. And he says, you know what? Tag me. Cause I'm not playing. There is no reason this man should play in a tag because he can go out and there is going to be at least one suitor, at least, I'm sure there's going to be multiple, that would be interested in giving up the necessary draft capital and then acquiring him and paying him the contract that he wants. And the big thing here, and this has been talked about a lot, but the Deshaun Watson contract now has really become the standard. You have Deshaun Watson fully guaranteed that is where all these quarterbacks now they want to go down that path they want the fully guaranteed contract and you know what i can't blame him i can't blame lamar jackson i can't blame any other uh quarterback that wants to do that as well but there's a part of me that thinks and I, i know this is a lot of people were thinking this if lamar jackson had an agent is this happening? How often, Dan, have we seen these higher-end quarterbacks come down to their final year before being extended? You see all these other quarterbacks. They're getting these deals done early. And the, these franchises, they're being smart about it. And it's going to continue. The, these contracts are going to continue to grow because of the way the salary cap is rising. So right now we're looking at here in 2023, the franchise tag is th- uh, 32 million and that goes up to about 40 million. If it is a, what's the, the verbiage here, like a restricted franchise tag where uh, like they can't do anything 
outside of it. I, there is there is a, a term, and I'm butchering it right now, but there's a there's another type of franchise tag that is available. Um, transition players. Uh, no, not the transition tag. Um, but but I'll look at it. But anyway, 32 million for the franchise tag. I don't think Lamar plays on that, and I don't think he yeah. should. Ultimately, I think there is a better chance than not he is out of Baltimore. And he, uh, 2023, he has a different uniform on. Yeah, I would love to be able to just throw the challenge flag, JB, but I think this is the one example where you bring up many good points in between whether it be the agent or the Ravens being historically a non-dysfunctional organization where they do manage their money right. I don't see them being, you know, not being frugal. So I, I think he could definitely play himself out of an opportunity here in the Ravens. The reason I thought it something will get done is, man, we see this quarterback market. If you don't get one of like a, a few names, what direction are you going in? And the Baltimore Ravens, they're not exactly um, picking high in the, the draft here. You know, 23rd overall pick. You know, do they see someone that could slide to them? Could Do they trade up? Or is there someone in that free agent market that they would settle on? I mean, there are definitely a lot of questions in Baltimore right now. But to your point, I, I that would be the one team because of the situation of the history of that team and his agent where they might say, hey, we're not getting hamstrung, paying Lamar a fortune, and then we can't pay anyone else to put out a competitive franchise uh, week to week, season to season. But it's not like they're going out. I understand being fiscally responsible and – I, I know you're the Cowboys guy, but it's not like they're going out and paying out the butt for a running back like some franchises do. And we see <laughs> that. Now, that would be irresponsible because it puts you in a situation that you wouldn't want to be in. But with Lamar Jackson, I, I know a lot of people, well, he's a running back. He, he is still a top-tier quarterback in the NFL. And for one reason or another, they had did not necessarily do him any favors over the last few seasons. Uh, you have, you have Hollywood Brown. They ship him off. You, you have Rashad Bateman with the injuries. Ultimately you have Mark Andrews, uh, Demarcus Robinson. Uh, Willie Sneed was there for a season. These are the dudes that Lamar Jackson is attempting to work with. And before I get any further with the franchise tag, there is the, exclusive tag that gives the team exclusive negotiating rights. Should the player reject the offer, they are unable to sign with another NFL team for that entire season. Meanwhile, and that's what Dak signed. I believe at one point, I, I believe yep. that's, that's the path they went down. Meanwhile, non-exclusive tags allow players to negotiate with other teams. If they receive an offer, their current team has the opportunity to match. If they opt not to match, they are entitled to, to receive two first round draft picks in exchange. So I, I think ultimately they go with the restricted or the exclusive. Sorry, I butchered the guy. I just read I just read it verbatim what it said. Uh so they would go with the exclusive. But uh let's look at this from a dynasty perspective. Is there anything that can happen with Lamar Jackson where you look at him and you think, yeah, this is gonna change his value? Well, if we look at Lamar, he's a fancy darling because of all that rushing value. A lot of that's been generated by the Baltimore offensive system, which has gotten a little bit stale in the last year or two. Is that a little bit because of some lack of receiving talent? Is that a little bit of Lamar's health? If he goes somewhere, JB, that 
they can't continue to grow him as a passer because that, that that's a concern here when we're looking at the numbers that he's going to demand. This isn't Patrick Mahomes. This isn't uh, Joe Burrow. Um, this isn't Josh Allen. Um, it, it's a little bit unique, but I'm not afraid of Lamar. Like I would draft him probably anywhere, um, but I, there is part of his game that you hope to evolve or you know a system around him that's going to continue to keep him running, but continue to you know put some weapons around him so he could throw the ball too. So I, I don't I just, know. Would you say there's a situation that would scare you away or no? I just think it's funny mm. because there there's a lot of conversation, a lot of people. Well, the level of uncertainty with what's happening with Lamar Jackson compared to these other top tier quarterbacks. Mm. And I have Lamar Jackson in that tier too. But yeah, there's a level of uncertainty, but I don't care where he plays. I don't care if he goes and joins one of your XFL teams. I'll still take him <laughs> on my NFL <laughs> fantasy teams. I think your rankings are without even looking at your rankings are probably sort of similar to mine. And that level of uncertainty has them like seventh overall. I mean, that that's, that's pretty uh, not too shabby for uncertainty. Well, I, so here's the thing you look at ADP and you look at the startups that we've, we've seen folks take part in and I'm keeping track and creating a side by side comparison and, and putting all the information together with all the startups people are taking place in from our Patreon five bucks a month. But you know, you, you look at ADP and it just takes one person. He's still an elite quarterback. I think the opportunity would be in existing leagues, just creeping around, checking in with the manager, seeing if there is any, level of of worry concern and you're right i i don't think really there there's going to be much of a discount i think you get these talking points from people and maybe in their leagues they don't have lamar jackson anywhere so they're okay to spew some of this nonsense but he's still uh without a doubt an early to mid first round startup pick and lamar along with dak are two guys at the quarterback position that I'm still attempting to acquire, uh, especially if I can get some type of discount. Yeah. I think it will be interesting. And you, know, you can tell some of the members of our chat, are like, Hey, bring Lamar to my team. He's very attractive free agent. And I think on top of the Ravens being a kind of a responsible organization, we know there's a lot of not responsible, not frugal organizations out there. I could see them getting some offers or feelers from other NFL franchises that are willing to pay the farm to get a Lamar to sell some tickets and create some excitement. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if the, you know, someone kind of moves the needle for the Baltimore Ravens. So I have, and it, the way I went about this, like we're listening and we're paying attention to these reports and some, you have to weed through it, right? Where is their credibility? Where are we looking at these reports? And I reports, we use that term loosely, but it's just, filler content in February for people to talk about. Oh, so-and-so and so-and-so would be a great connection. Okay, sure. Wonderful. Fantastic. But is there anything to it, to, to what you're discussing? But the Atlanta Falcons, they were one of the finalists, front runners, teams heavily pursuing Deshaun Watson. And obviously it didn't come to fruition. There, there are reports and there are discussions that they could be in play as one of the suitors that you talk about for Lamar Jackson. So I have a bunch of different scenarios here. Do you, I don't know, Dan, you're, you're not really uh, 
I, I think into the the meme culture and the GIF or GIF, however you want to say it. But the one of Charlie from It's Always Sunny, where he has the 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 strings and he's like trying to solve something. That's what my sheet looks like. Uh, I wasn't sure if you got. I I, I didn't want to say anything. I needed a description, but that was a good description, JB. If it was but charades, I, we we win, man. There we go. But I have different scenarios. Okay, if so and so goes here, this is where I think this guy is going to be. But for me, I have Lamar, either a Baltimore Raven, a holdout, or Atlanta Falcon, and then I have scenarios based on that. But I, it would be a tremendous uptick to Drake London stock. It would be a tremendous uptick to Kyle Pitts stock, who somehow we talk about like a player like Kyle Pitts, and this is anecdotal, but there was somebody in our Patreon. They got Kyle Pitts in the fifth round of a two PPR startup. Alert the media, call the police, because that is theft. Even if you're not like super high on Kyle Pitts, fifth round and two PPR, and that value is going to rise with the addition of a player like Lamar Jackson. And then think about what it would do with the to the running game. I think it, it opens things up. Look at how efficient. It's not just because of Lamar Jackson, but look at how efficient and, and the production you get from running backs on the ground, maybe not in the air, but on the ground for these running backs in a Lamar ja- Jackson-led offense. And I, Cordero Patterson, uh, Tyler Algier, whatever running back they bring in, a lot of free agents, a lot of impending rookies. But I, I think it, it's the the tie that, that raises all boats, right? I love your example because you pick a team that in the Atlanta Falcons that we know have a need. You know, they're, they're, they're going into this draft, most likely draft free agency, trying to figure out their quarterback position, but also have a head coach and offensive coordinator and Arthur Smith that we saw what he tried to do at Mariota and couldn't do it, but also has a good track record. What he did with Ryan Tannehill, boy, if you got him a player like Lamar, that's a sweet, sweet situation. It would definitely rise the value of the players that you named. So Kudos, JB. Good example. Um, that's twice we've agreed early in the show. We, we've got to come up with something soon here where we disagree because we can't keep having this. I know, and I, I figured just you you and me will get through some players fairly quickly. We're one player in 20 minutes, and <laughs> you can tell you and I have not talked in a while. Yeah, we're catching up. We're playing catch up here tonight. I know. I like it. Uh, but last thing for Lamar Jackson, if he were – to put on a different uniform heading into 2023, what's the impact it has on Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman, J.K. Dobbins from a dynasty value perspective? Well, I, I think we have questions here in Baltimore. You know, is is Todd Munkin going to do something different with that offense? This is the first time we're seeing a new Baltimore Ravens offense. We know Andrews is his guy. I mean, he he he's elite. So hey, if Lamar's back in town, I, I think we're still very comfortable with with uh, Mr. Andrews. Bateman will be looking at the offseason reports. Want to see him come back healthy. Hopefully, potentially be that number one. But what else does Baltimore do to improve? They are a team that desperately needs wide receivers. Um, again, I haven't seen enough of Lamar's passing game, but. Yeah, I'm a Georgia guy, Todd Munkin. I'm 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 on the train. I'm I'm rooting for my my boy who uh gonna miss him in Georgia. He's done a great job with Stetson Bennett, who's believe me, isn't lighting the world on fire and you know probably won't be in the National Football League. But uh so I think we need to learn a little bit more about what Todd plans on doing with that offense and seeing who else they re, you know sign in there. But completely uh looking forward to Mark Andrews if he gets Lamar back and hopefully Bateman could 
continue to evolve. Think about this. Todd Munkin, uh, he was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as an offensive coordinator, passing game coordinator. Uh, is this the year? No, this wasn't the year, was it? No. But Jameis Winston, Todd Munkin, they have that familiarity. Now, Winston is still under contract with the Saints for this year, but we always see pieces get moved around. Let 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 it fly. Let's get Jameis over there in Baltimore. <laughs> do I think do I think that happens? No, but just uh putting together some some storylines here. All right. Aaron Rodgers. He is supposed to be wrapping up his darkness retreat here any day. Where does he land? I can't even imagine being a member of management or the coaching staff of the Green Bay Packers and, and riding this roller coaster year for year. You know, and you're, you're really trying your best to roll out the red carpet to make this quarterback happy, your franchise guy, and he's got to go into darkness to make a decision of what he's going to do next. Um, I, I'm starting to – everything I'm hearing, you know, this is the first time, you know, some – Green Bay insider people think he's potentially really leaving for real this time. Like, like it's starting to build a little momentum where there's a good chance that they want to move on to Jordan Love, and I'm leaning that way. And then mm-hmm. that would take me to whoever's going to bring in Aaron Rodgers, how much are they willing to pay? Because that's going to have some major salary cap implications. So I think when we look at speculation, John, maybe this is where I wish, wish our boy Mitch was here tonight is he loves breaking down the salary caps. I do have some of that information in front of me. But whoever we talk about, could they afford them? And then how long are you even going to have him? I mean, he may get traded and go somewhere, but I mean, could you get two years out of Rodgers at least? From the dynasty perspective, you know, we ran into this with Brady. And for the most part, I I was shying away. I I think I might have been all in on one or two teams. I I know I definitely have one share of Brady and I was hoping to get one more year. And I don't have that now. He he decided to retire because he wanted to be a good dad and support his kids. I I thought he could have given one more year. What's Aaron Rodgers going to give the dynasty world and the team he's going to go to? Is it going to be one year? Or is it going to be two? And where's he going to land? Yeah, there, there's J- a few things here. So I J- Jets, Jets and Raiders, JB, I don't want to interrupt you, but Jets and Raiders are the two teams I'm, I'm leaning the heaviest towards. There's a few things here. Um, first of all, you, you don't want to tell anybody or cast any judgment on somebody with the way they handle their mentals, right? If this is how he gets away and takes care of things, great, wonderful. The issue I have is what you already brought up, Dan, whoever brings him on, whoever trades for him, because he's not somebody like Derek Carr, who's a free agent. You have to give up capital. You have to give him the the money that he he wants, right? But is he going to do the same thing again next year? I have, I have no issue. Well, you want to go on a darkness retreat? You you want to do something crazy? Go for it. But every single offseason, I might retire this year, guys. I think he just likes to, to be in the, the public eye, honestly. I didn't realize so many people were going to care about my decision. Oh, get out of here. Come on. Attention craving. I'm sorry. But that's the way it comes across. Maybe he'll learn from the the, the man himself, Brett Favre. <laughs> JB, it's really hard to, to run an organization that way. I mean, I've 
in higher education, which is, is, is my profession, I manage some departments and sometimes, you know, morale might be bad somewhere. The salary structure might be bad somewhere. And you work really hard to do everything you can to, to, to help your team, help your players. And Green Bay is saying, okay, hey, we need a draft receivers. You know, that's been a pet peeve. We'll get you Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs. We're going to pay you all this money. You know, we're going to make you very wealthy and you're still not happy. How, how do you build culture? How do you build an organization to have direction if, if you're living like that year to year? It's, I, I think Green Bay is kind of done. And that's why I think we're at a point where he's going to go somewhere. Now, maybe that goes back to how we're talking about teams that might want to pay a lot for Lamar. There's some teams that are going to want to pay a lot for Aaron Rodgers that are maybe saying, hey, we're all in one, two years. Maybe they're okay with that risk. For me, I, I think ultimately you look at Derek Carr, who we're going to get to, and you look at Aaron Rodgers, and really – what happens with the New York Jets, that's what the domino effect is going to take place. I think Derek Carr ends up as a New York Jet. Aaron Rodgers ends up as a Las Vegas Raider. Play the narrative, uh, uh, getting back together, getting the band back together with Devontae Adams. But it just kind of plays into you have Adams, you have Waller. I think then you franchise tag Josh Jacobs. You bring Rodgers in, see what you can do for the year. And then you're going to go down this situation next year. Well, I got to figure out if I'm going to retire. Derek Carr, on the other hand, you have that younger roster that they've done a really nice job building for, with the New York Jets. Am I saying that uh, talent-wise, Derek Carr is Aaron Rodgers? No, but I think Derek Carr might make more sense from a, hey, we don't have to move any draft capital. We don't have to trade for Derek Carr. We can just sign him. Is the contract maybe going to be a little out of hand because you have the high-end contracts, you have the low-end bridge quarterbacks, and you really have nothing in between? And Derek Carr is certainly going to be a little closer towards the top than you would feel comfortable with. But you have all these young pieces in Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Brees Hall, a defense that's been improving. So I think, I think Derek Carr finds himself as a New York Jet and Aaron Rodgers will be over in Las Vegas. And as I talked about salary cap, what you just presented, JB, makes the most sense because the Raiders have $46 million in cap space, if, if I'm reading this right here from Track, where you go down to the Jets and they don't. So the Jets are going to have to do a lot of restructuring if they're going to find a way to get Aaron Rodgers. You know, what? they're going to have to make some tough decisions. So financially, it would make more sense for the Raiders, while the Jets, it would be a lot easier to, dare, to get a Derek Carr under contract than Aaron Rodgers. And everybody wants to sit there and say, well, the cap is fake. There's just ways that these teams go about it. And you said the, the magic buzzword, Dan, restructure. We see it all the time. All right, we're, we're going to restructure this guy's contract. We're going to convert it into his base salary, into a signing bonus. We're going to add a couple of those magical void years at the end. And we can space out that cap hit over time. And it sounds like something that the Buccaneers are not doing with Tom Brady's uh, uh, contract. It looks like they're going to take that whole hit here as of today, February 21st, all in 2023. But another interesting thing I thought, uh, not I thought of, um, if it sounds good, I'll take credit, but I also heard this on multiple different uh, uh, platforms and, and speculation, but would Aaron Rodgers really do well in that New York spotlight? In that market, would he do well? Is he a little soft? 
I think he feeds into those cameras, man. I, I think Gary, he has ice in his veins. I mean, you watch Green Bay play. I mean, he is a cool cat. So I, I think he can handle the, the, the New York media. Um, but again, if I'm recruiting you to come to my city, I think the Raiders could say, hey, you want to win now? We've got this cap space. We are all in. And they could show him, you know, they're all in. And he gets his boy, Devontae, where you go to the Jets and they're like, well, you know, I mean, they got they got a young a young nucleus. Yep, but that might not be as enticing to 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 win now. For a dynasty perspective, I know there's a lot of talk here tonight. That is more just where do we think these guys go and how do we think it plays out? But from a dynasty perspective, I have Aaron Rodgers on many teams. As soon as he heads to Las Vegas, I would be looking to explore opportunities to move him, just because we don't know how much longer he has. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I try to move Rogers from now until wherever he goes or wherever he lands. And this way you don't get stuck holding the bag like he did Tom Brady, if possible. And then when you look at Derek Carr, you know, what are we looking for in our dynasty rankings to some degree? It's stability. And I think wherever Carr is going to go, he's going to get instant stability because they're probably going to offer him a, a nice contract that'll have uh, some years behind it. Yep. Derek Carr, let's just go right into him because we kind of, I kind of led into that. Um, but Derek Carr, yeah, he's one that may be trying to look to acquire today, but don't know if you're really going to find a discount because the expectation is he's going to land somewhere and he's going to be a starting quarterback. So, uh, I don't know if you're going to find a discount there, but where do you think Derek Carr ends up? I have Jets and Saints as the two teams, and I think it's going to come down to who could pay him more? You mentioned earlier, JB, that, you know, hey, we're it's really early. It looks like a crime scene behind us like that. You know, that meme that you were talking about, we're trying to piece it together and it's very early. So far in the early part of this process. Time, we're time. Here. What? What did you call it? Meme, GIF, whatever, you know. Meme? Go ahead. Meme, meme, whatever. Meme. It's been a long day. I've been going since this morning, JB. Work, charity event, you know, podcast. But so, you know, in that meme or the crime scene that we're discussing, you got to call me out. Anything, nab it. Um, it's complicated. But the early reports that we're seeing, I can't, I won't, I won't cost this PG. The, the early reports that we're seeing says everywhere he's went, the meetings have been great. Everything's went good. What an awesome visit in New Orleans. Everything went really good. But, you know, he he wants to test the market out, which he's smart. Goes to New York on his visit. Everything went great, JB. So I think it's going to come down to who offers him more money. And we talk about, you know, the Saints, their salary situation. It's not great. I believe the Saints and Buccaneers are like 31 and 32 right now in terms of available cap space. But again, you see these teams restructure. So I wouldn't really... Like, there's always magical things that can happen with the cap. We, we know the Saints aren't afraid to kick the can down the road. They've proven that year after year after year. So they'll, they'll find a way if they can. Maybe the Jets have a little bit more leeway or flexibility to, to, to maneuver. Yeah, so, uh, but Derek Carr, I do think once he, he gets that stability, uh, especially, I, like, I, I like what the Jets are doing overall. And so many of their guys... They, they have those those rookie deals still, especially in the offensive side. Uh, you don't have to give up any draft capital. Uh, it would be interesting there. So I think Derek Carr, uh, he would rise a little bit for me. And maybe that bump should take place now because, again, we 
the expectation is there. It's not going to surprise anybody. Oh, Derek Carr is starting. He has a four-year contract, whatever the case may be. Uh, like you, you mentioned, liking what the Jets are doing. If I am Derek Carr, you know, money's one thing. But let's say the Saints and the Jets are comparable. The Jets, I think, do become more attractive. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have uh, all that young rookie talent to build around. And then they've got, you know, a couple years under the belt, some of those rookies. Um, that, that might lead lead to the best opportunity for them, the highest ceiling where the saints are just, they have kicked the can. So that'd be a tougher sell to say, Hey, how, how am I going to come here and be successful for, you know, the, the tenure of my career? The only thing I would say, the really glaring obvious reason to go to the saints would be Carolina, Atlanta, Tampa Bay in your division. Great opportunity to win. <laughs> knowing, knowing that opportunity exists. That and they've got talent. Enticing. You know, if Mike, if Michael Thomas could has anything left in him and cannot be disgruntled, and you have Chris Olave, who's a stud. I mean, there, there is talent there, um, and historically, they've been a competitive franchise. Daniel Jones, where does Danny Boy play in twenty twenty three? I will say the New York Giants. I do think now. You know, I'm a little bit more concerned recently because you know he's switching agents. I think he's going to ask for more money than he is worth. I think that's the consensus out there. Um, but historically, JB, the Giants overpay. They're kind of they're they're probably going to pay their guys. I don't know how much say that the new GM and Coach Dayball has in saying, "Hey, ownership, I know we historically overpay our guys. It's stopping now." You know, will ownership listen? I see you with a Nike switch there. What, what, what are you showing me? What's it on? You're, you're adjusting your tag there. The tag, the franchise, yeah, the franchise tag. Yeah, <laughs> we should be playing get, charades tonight, man. You know, I'm telling you. I'm gonna get yelled at because I probably just woke my daughter up because I I just screamed. <laughs> I gotta try to whisper a little bit. Uh, I think I think he gets tagged, but Daniel Jones, somebody that I'm looking to to move. I actually just moved him in a league. The deal was. Daniel Jones and 206 and I received Traylon Burks in 202. Uh, I I just think there is risk. Not to say Traylon Burks is some safe asset, but I, Daniel Jones, there, there are some red flags there for me. And like you said, I I see, I see it. I see it. Hold on. Uh, The agent situation, the fact that, there's these conversations that it seems like maybe he wants over 40 million. Does Daniel Jones get over $40 million? Does he play on the franchise tag? Can they come to a long-term agreement? Those are all question marks that, uh, that, that are a little worrisome. And can he maintain this level of efficiency that we didn't see heading into 2022? Now we have the Dable effect. I understand that, but does that continue moving forward? Uh, if the price is right, and I thought it was in that situation, uh, call me Bob Barker. I'm getting out because that that price is right. Yeah, I think I was throwing two challenge flags to you, JB. The first one is the franchise tag. I think that's going to Saquon Barkley in that running back friendly value, but then they try to negotiate a contract with him. Now, I don't know if the Giants would take that direction. So I, I I see you shaking your head. You could argue it either way, and I could see losing that challenge. But I definitely throw the challenge flag at that trade, unless you're just, like, absolutely loaded at quarterback on that roster in that scenario that you're talking about. But, like, I know there's some value in the second round, 
but 206 to 203 202 I, i'm kind of there's, there's a tear uh, break there for me but you're, you're not you're probably not getting your quarterback at 202 and trailing i don't Burst, need i don't I, that excites me enough i don't need to backfill and replace daniel jones on that team okay so you know if you're if you're high on burks and you want to get that bump to get who you know you're going to get in that early second round range maybe it's worth it but i'd be i'm just in general reluctant to give up a quarterback without getting one in return I get that, and uh, certainly comes into play with the top 10 or so quarterbacks, but Daniel Jones, he's not there for me. And I, there, there, there's too much that can happen for that value to come back to earth. And really, how high is that value going to go, though? I, I, but if, I, if they resign him and, and they do give him a contract of $45 million, whatever it is a year. I don't think they do, though. X amount of years. But then what do they do? They're picking like 23rd. Are they saying, hey, we're going to trade up, somehow get some young quarterback? Or do they test the market and get someone less, you know, lesser? Maybe. You know, do they end up in the Jimmy Garoppolo market or, or some other market that's more affordable? Possibly. But or I do they, think they li- like or, Daniel or, Jones. Yeah, or they continue to live in mediocrity at best. Because who else is going to pay Daniel Jones? That's the other thing. They, they might say, hey, go talk to somebody else and see what you can get. And then he lands back with the Giants because no one else is going to pay him $45 million a year. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'd be afraid to, to, to give up a starting quarterback that's about to get a, a three, four-year, five-year contract. But, th- see, I don't think he does get it, though, at least not from the Giants. It's a, ga- it's a big gamble, though. So, you, so you're, you're feeling risque is what you're saying. I'm feeling risque with a guy that I have in that quarterback 17 to 20 range. He's definitely so, in that range. So I, I don't think it's it's too, as you would say, risque. Yeah. But, I mean, we're playing super flex, and there's only, you know, 32 quarterbacks. So you cut that in half, that means 16. So that guy in the 17 to 20 range still has some good value on your roster. Right now, according to Fantasy Calc, Daniel Jones is going off the board as the 54th player in Superflex. Matthew Stafford at 111. Give me that discount plus the plus. I'm just afraid Stafford's going to break and, and you're going to get him for just a, a short time. You get Daniel Jones in a, in a startup or he's, re, he's, a repla- much... he's replaceable. He's replaceable. Who, Daniel Jones? Yes. So, but but Stafford's like broke right now, so that doesn't give me much confidence. In, in, uh, he, he's plus five, the Ram situation. He's five rounds. Remember, now, he's the Giants are going to get some targets. That team's only going to get better. They should only get better. They've got he's a lot of work to do, cheaper. but he's five rounds cheaper. Matthew Stafford's five rounds cheaper. You're saying, yeah, because of the the injury value there. So no, that, that's the I, market. I'm I'm saying that's what it is. I, I need to I need to see some health help reports there that make me feel good about Matthew Stafford. So that might just he, be my own little concern of his health. And the I, Rams. Called, I called him. I called his wife, Kelly. He's doing great. All right. No concern. He's got 20 how million years left. How come you didn't give me that scoop before this, this show here, JB? You know, <laughs> you calling his wife, Kelly, if I knew that. All right. All right. All right. So, we'll so Daniel we'll Jones, see. you, you believe they do come to terms on ex- extension. I think he gets tagged. Uh, and then also, you believe they come to terms, but he maintains the level of play. He he remains a producer. He's not going to slip. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Geno Smith, this is a quick one for me. I think they strike up a two- or three-year deal there in Seattle. 
I do too. For, you know, from a dynasty perspective, I hope it's like three. I hope there's a little more security in the deal. I like to see Seattle have as much skin in the game as possible. And I'd still be watching the draft to see, you know, hey, at some point, are they going to get somebody to groom? Uh, what does that mean? But I would love to see a longer contract and then see them draft another receiver to go with Metcalf and uh, uh, lock it or, just, you know, continue to grow that offense around Geno. Uh, he did some good things this season. That leaves Garoppolo so, on your list of big names. Yeah, or bigger on, names. Hold, we're, we're, we'll get yeah. there. <coughs> oh, my. I almost made it. We're 40 minutes in. I you muted myself good. almost every time. Uh, uh, Geno Smith. I, I, I have him as a sell still. But, again, the existing leagues versus startups, there's certainly a different dynamic. And that has to be taken into account. It is very difficult right now to move Geno Smith in a league that is already existing. You have him on your roster. Uh, but once he does secure that deal, I would look to move him because they're in a really good situation. Let's say they extend him for two years, okay? All right, now I, I feel warm and fuzzy. There's a little bit of security there. Two years, they're in a really good position to draft a quarterback still. And that is not out of the realm of possibility. Right. That, that's, you know, they pick fifth and then they pick 20th. So they've got a lot of opportunity at five or 20 um, to do something at that quarterback position. Even at 20 might be more realistic if they give Gino a contract and they get another building block at five or there's a couple ways you could do that. Maybe they get the quarterback at five and then a the receiver at 20. Um, I don't know, but it, yeah. I, I think you also have something, JB, against that 16 to 20 range there. Because I do have Gino in that Danny Dimes category where I think if both of them get a contract, they can help you win your league next year. Maybe for I, two I, years. Have, I have Gino a little bit lower than, than Danny Dimes. But hey, again, right. I, 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 I have a lot of these quarterbacks in red on the sheets because they, for me, there was a larger gap between the top 10 to 12 quarterbacks for dynasty purposes and these guys going 18 to 24, but with the positional scarcity, these middle of the road guys, they do get a bump up. And for the most part, give me the cheapest one available uh, that's still within that range. Uh, so, and just to recap very quickly for me, like I said, Geno Smith gets the deal, explore opportunities to move him off your roster Aaron Rodgers, when he gets moved, because I don't think he's going to be Green Bay Packer, he goes to the Raiders, look to move him off your roster, if possible. It's a tough market, I know. Uh, Derek Carr, he's okay. He's okay. He's going to be looking good in that Hall of Fame. He's going to be looking good winning Super Bowls for the New York Jets. Uh, Lamar Jackson, no, no difference. By today, if possible, by in three months, if possible. All right, Jimmy Garoppolo. These spots are drying up, right? So, Jimmy Garoppolo, first question, does he start somewhere in 2023? I say yes. Um, again, I haven't crunched all the math of, you know, eight teams in need. You know, you, you, we say, let's just say for argument's sake, Lamar, Danny, Dimes, and Gino get off the table, you know, resign. Then only, you know, Rogers knocks one team out, Carr knocks another team out. They're still opening spots. And I think Jimmy G is that tier above 
like the others receiving votes list that you created, JB, that right, you, you, we'll, right. we'll, we'll touch on. So I, I think, and then, you know, you have a few rookies that are going to go in there. I think one's a sure thing to maybe, maybe two quarterbacks are a sure thing. Um, I don't know. We, we could argue, you know, where, where they fit in, but I think Jimmy has a slot. He, he, he fits into the math equation of someone that is going to start. And then it just becomes a matter of where, and I feel like he's the consolation prize. You know, you, you didn't get that. You're beautiful. You know, the girl you wanted to take to the prom JB, she's sorry. She, she, you know, she, she went in a different direction. You said, you know what? I'm happy with Jimmy G. And I think there's going to be a team that's going to, you know, take Jimmy G as a consolation. I agree with you in, in terms of, I, I think Jimmy Garoppolo, he's going to be one of the last dominoes to fall. See what these other teams do. Obviously, everybody's talking about Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson. But if you remember, and not this this is going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo, but the Falcons, whenever they uh, signed Marcus Mariota, I feel like that was kind of quick and, and out of nowhere, right? So we do see this from time to time, and it is certainly a possibility I, you know, on paper, ideally, the Buccaneers make a lot of sense from a football standpoint. I know they're on your list as well, but we talk about the cap and then all of the speculation, hey, maybe they're okay with Kyle Trask in 2023. I mean, that screams tank to me. And if that's the case, get Mike Evans out of there. Uh, you know, you would think that he would be traded, but you know, uh, Kyle Trask, is he somebody, if you have Kyle Trask on your roster and he eventually gets named the starting quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I would say move him. That's just my journey though. I agree. And, and I think the Bucks are a team as we figure out this dynasty equation of quarterbacks, we need to know, are they in to compete and win this year? Or are they rebuilding? And we'll know based on what they do. If they are looking to compete with that team, then it's going to be a Jimmy Garoppolo. If they went for some reason with Kyle Trask, that tells us they're 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 playing for next year's draft. They want they want that kid from USC, and they're just ready to tank. Uh, and then maybe we see some trades. Uh, but Garoppolo would make sense based on our thoughts of hey, there's enough talent on that roster to compete still. Uh, I don't think they'd throw that away. Yeah, but I, again, these the reports and speculation. It's I, I I think you have to pay attention. And does it end up being garbage uh, uh, reporting? And just again, we're we're looking for content to get out there. Maybe, maybe uh, some of these teams and, are leaking information. They want you to think they're going with Kyle Trask because they have a plan and they're trying to sneak into it. Right, and we we see Nick's comment in the chat. He dropped this right when I said to move Kyle Trask. Nick says, I think Trask is a buy. Bucks have no cap space. Correct. Don't forget he was a second round pick. I mean, <laughs> if we're talking about a, a skill position, sure. But at the quarterback position, a second round pick, that is not a heavy investment. So I would still look to explore if he does get named the starter. What scares me too, like that, and I think it's important for us to always keep evaluating. And isn't it doesn't the same thing happen in Dynasty JB? Like someone will offer you a trade and say, Hey, that this is when I picked him in the startup, but the value's so long gone from when they picked him in the startup, and they're still trying to force that trade to you. Yes, Trask did go in the second, 
But what reports have we read out of Tampa Bay? He really struggled to learn that system, didn't really show them much. Now Leftwich is gone and is going to be another offensive coordinator. Um, you know, Arians isn't was the wasn't Arians the coach when they drafted him in the second round? I know he's still kind of in the front office, but he's not even the head coach anymore. So I think that second round value is kind of out the window right now, as is Tom Brady. And I, I think they're going a different direction. All right. So um, you have Bucks, Raiders, Panthers, Falcons. If you had to guess right now today, February 21st, 2023, who does Jimmy Garoppolo play for for the 23 season? I put the Bucks first because I thought, you know, they, they can't afford any of those other guys. And uh, I felt like there was a storyline there. I think you says, hey, we're creating storylines in the beginning with like scenarios where Lamar could go. It would kind of be neat if the team that had Brady got Garoppolo. We always thought, you know, Garoppolo was going to go to the Patriots, that kind of thing. I know I, I mentioned the Raiders. Let's say the Ra- like there's always a team that sneaks into this too. You know, so let's say like Aaron Rodgers goes to – I don't know, the Jets and the car went to the Saints or something. All of a sudden, the Raiders are the odd team out. Do they still want a free agent quarterback or do they go the direction of the draft? Like, that's the other factor that's going to come into this, too. Someone's going to surprise us and either hop into this competition for these free agent quarterbacks. And someone might surprise us and say, hey, I like Will Levis and and we're going to we're going to put ourselves in a position to, to get him. So there could be some curveballs here along the way. And then, you know, what does Carolina do? Are they going to swing for a quarterback in the draft? Uh, the Falcons, there's there's still a bunch of teams that need a quarterback. All right, so bear with me here for a moment, if you will. First scenario, Rodgers goes to the Raiders. This leads to Carr going to the Jets. Unrelated, and this ties into a note that you had, Dan. Kyler Murray is going to miss part of the season in Arizona, right? Jonathan Gannon from the Philadelphia Eagles comes over. He's now the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Gardner Minshew is an impending free agent. Gardner comes over. He's mobile. He can move. And, uh, you know, I would maybe there's that just that locker room connection. They got along well, blah, blah, blah. Minshew, Arizona Cardinals. He gets a few starts. Jameis stays with the Saints. Uh, Lamar, he's in Atlanta. I thought about, I toyed with the idea of Ritter going back to the Ravens in a trade, but they're going to hang on to him for the sake of this exercise. So they have Lamar and Ritter. The Ravens then bring in Jacoby Brissett. I know Tyler Huntley is a restricted free agent, so that's it's Huntley or, or Brissett, but then because of the trade involving Lamar Jackson, they have extra capital. Well, let's replace Lamar Jackson with Anthony Richardson. Okay. So Richardson comes out of Florida, gets drafted by the Baltimore Ravens. They now have the ammo Buccaneers. It is a battle between Kyle Trask and the cheap Taylor Heineke. He comes over, they sign him (laughs) commanders they have a battle between Sam Howe and they're going to pick up Sam Darnold. Okay. Battle of the Sam's Jordan love green Bay Packers because Aaron Rodgers is out Carolina Panthers. They go with Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. Will Levis will Levis a little raw. Let's give Gino the two year deal easy out after one year though. 
Will Levis goes to the Seattle Seahawks in the draft. Stroud to the Colts, Young to the Texans. That's scenario A. What do you think about that? That was deep, JB. That was deep. And I, I mean, I like the narrative. I like the storyline you created. I, I was following along. And probably like everyone in the Discord, there's probably certain ones we loved. And then I, I might have fell off on a, you know, a couple here and there. But it has potential. You gave a list of secondary guys after those big ones we named tonight. And they were they were Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. Mike White, we haven't mentioned Mike White yet tonight. Tyler Huntley, Gardner Minshew, Jacoby Brissett, old man Andy Dalton, and Taylor Heineke, who you, who you brought into the narrative. Um, out of those lists, JB, in the notes, I put little asterisks by a few of them. I don't know if you noticed that. Quarterbacks that I thought maybe play themselves, like could be serviceable for a certain period of time was, I thought, Baker Mayfield, based on what he did with the Rams. Not, nothing before that by any means. And I don't know if that was a system thing. I don't think he'd want to leave the Rams after that, especially maybe with Stafford's health. I, I could see him wanting to stay with L.A. Who knows? Unless someone wants to give him a shot. Mike White could potentially be serviceable. I like everything you said about Gardner Minshew. And that that, that narrative, you really had me compelled, JB, at that part of your storyline. Jacoby Brissett, I think, has shown he's serviceable. That could win some games potentially. So I, I think those guys have a little more attraction. I, I'm kind of out on Sam Darnold, Andy Dalton because of his age. Heineke, I think he's very limited. Um, but someone's going to play. And Tyler Huntley, I think I think he's toast. I think he was just had so much experience in that system. He kind of hung in there. They may resign him. But the, what, you lost me a little bit on the Baltimore Anthony Richardson piece because I don't, I don't know if it's going to be the same kind of offense now with Monk in there again. We're going back to the new offensive coordinator. I think that offense grew stale and they are looking to make some changes. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was just having fun with a few of these scenarios now. And what about the Colts, Jamie? Like the Colts need a quarterback. So your scenario, Stroud, left Stroud, the, Stroud. They, they were going to go Stroud. Stroud? Okay, that was quick. Maybe I missed that one. Okay. That was quick. Other situation. Rogers goes to the jets. Carr goes to the saints. Uh, unrelated, but Lamar stays in Baltimore. You have Ritter starting in Atlanta. Because, what did I do here? Okay. Lions then go Richardson to sit behind Goff. Okay. Buccaneers, Commanders. And then in this scenario, Jimmy G ends up with the Raiders uh, because Rodgers went to the Jets. Yeah. I I had a busy day, a busy night when I got home from work. My wife's saying, like, like, can you feed the kids? Can you do something? I said, listen, I got stuff I'm working on right now. Very important stuff because we're trying to figure out for all of our listeners the, 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 you know, the quarterback scenario for their dynasty rosters. But what I really learned from this exercise, JB, is that the Dynasty Theory Discord draft party is going to be awesome this year because some a team or two is going to throw in a wrench to your potential soap opera storylines there by – shaking this quarterback thing up there. No doubt about it. Someone's going to shake things up. And I, I don't know if you saw, but so the first two nights, of the NFL draft Thursday and Friday, April 27th and 28th, we're doing our, our watch party. We people sharing their videos. We're talking. We, we were hanging out till 3 a.m. Eastern. I think last year, the first night, it was an absolute blast, but I may have to travel for work the first night of the NFL draft. Oh, it's still TBD. Obviously not my <laughs> choice, but if it happens, uh, uh, you and Mitch will have to hold on the for the first night and I'll be back for the second, but we'll figure it out. We always do final thoughts. All right, Dan, 
for the 192nd time talking about the quarterback movement, so many moving parts during this 2023 off season. Uh, we're just gearing up. What do you got for our listeners? We are gearing up. This is the time of year here uh, where we, I always like to remind our listeners to watch the league calendar. Um, you know, our dynasty theory team, we're, do, we're doing the uh, work behind the scenes. John has put the box wine away um, since, since last draft party. So we're, we're, we're zeroing in on everything from, you know, Hey, the senior bowl has passed, you know, so we're starting to watch, you know, take that data, which is very helpful. Uh, the franchise tag period started up here. So, you know, that will be certain pieces to the puzzle to see where these franchise tags go. And then February 28th to March 6th, scouting combine. Love that. That is really going to ramp up to see where, you know, where these 40 times and shuttle run times are. The coach of me loves all that information. Uh, that's when I get into your analytical world a bit, JB, to, to, to go with the game, to the game film. And then we get into franchise transition tags, March 7th. NCAA Pro Day is also March 7th. And I'm not going to go through the whole calendar, but if you even just Google NFL league calendar year, note those dates and we'll be taking all that information to continue to adjust our dynasty rankings and share some information with our listeners. Nick says in the chat that week should be right around episode 200, the week of the NFL draft. I'm not going to, I can't, I can't turn over the reins of the show to Dan and Mitch for episode 200. I can't. <laughs> oh, it'll be in the DFS or XFL special if that happens. But no, I'm just kidding. But we do got to do something special for 200. If it, if it falls then, JB, that'd be funny. Oh, that would be a blast. All right. <laughs> Hopefully everybody enjoyed the show. A lot of speculation, but that's what the offseason's for, right? We need to we need to talk about some storylines to entertain us while there is no football going on. I know there's the XFL, Dan. Don't correct me here, okay? Uh, anyway, like I said, he was on the show. But for Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. We will catch everybody next week. Have a fantastic have a fantastic week. Peace.